Hello, I'm Simon Mundy. I've been on a journey to understand what makes PNG PNG. Along the way, I've been finding out about its life-changing projects and innovative products, as well as speaking to some ordinary people who are making an extraordinary difference in the world. In this series, called Powered by Purpose, we'll be hearing their remarkable personal stories of resilience and resourcefulness and exploring how P&G impacts the lives of not only the people who work there or those who buy their products, but society at large. In this episode, I'm speaking to a remarkable woman in Saudi Arabia who's been at the front of a push to empower women within the country. This is Halla's story. Hello, my name is Hala Gattan. I work in supply chain in P&G. I remember when I was looking into companies and many companies were talking about how much profit they bring, how many brands they have and all of that. However, the main point that sold P&G for me was the whole discussion was about the standards, the system that they have, how much they value people. I remember going to the interview and there was like a statement on the wall that said, if you took all of our brands, we can rebuild it again if you lift us our people. And I really loved it. It really touched me. I felt that this is a place where I would be able to focus on really work and developing myself as well. A lot of companies talk about values and maybe have values pinned up on their walls. To what degree then do P&G live the values that they claim to have? Honestly, you're asking this question in the time where I'm really feeling this value, Yani. In general, the whole career I had in PNG, I felt valued, I felt respected, I felt like uh, everyone is treated equally. My own individualism is taken in account. It's not just like one brush fits all. No, it is customized as well as fair. However, now when the crisis came of the COVID-19 and all of that, we truly felt how much PNG was one step ahead of any other companies. We were sent care packages to our houses because it was hard to get uh, sanitizers in the supermarkets. So PNG sent us sanitizers to our houses, as well as like we're having weekly calls with our lead team taking care of us and making sure that we are supported both work-wise and emotionally. Obviously, there was a journey to get to P&G and it started out with your family life. So can you tell me how your family life and particularly your relationship with your father helped set the path that's led you into your current position? So I come from an average family in Saudi. I was born and raised in Jeddah. When you are born in Saudi and you study in Saudi and you go through the journey, so if you look into the past 10 years, a lot of changes has happened and we adapted with those changes. So we came from a more conservative kind of background and we are starting to change a little bit and it's becoming more liberal. So for example, when I studied at school, schools are in Saudi are segregated. And then when I went to university as well, it is segregated. So when I started to get involved into volunteer programs where it is not segregated, it is mixed. All of these kind of things is new to a Saudi family in general. What I felt the support I had from my family is that they went through the journey with me. Whenever I wanted to do something, even if they were not convinced to do, we kind of have a conversation, we negotiate and we find the solution to go. One of the things that I wanted to do, for example, is having summer program abroad. I went to Oxford and uh, before going to Oxford, my dad was at the beginning against the idea. We negotiated, we talked a little bit. So when he saw the value, when he saw that this can actually bring some kind of leadership, some kind of life skills to me, he said, okay, and I went and all of that. 
even when I wanted to study in university, many people were afraid because engineering is new in Saudi for females. Uh, my university started engineering in 2012. I graduated in 2016, and that was the first batch of female engineers. However, I felt really supported from my families to take this challenge. And no, you can just go and pave your own way. And hopefully later on, when other females come, they will not face the same issues that you faced at the beginning. You mentioned negotiating with your father. So how valuable was that process of negotiating with your father and how's it helped you going forward? It really helped me to really know what I want. So basically having to have this kind of discussion before, for example, going to the UK before studying a certain major is really helping me put my thoughts together of really understanding what I want and how can I portray my point. At the end of the day, your whole life you will spend it negotiating and convincing people of your own opinion or trying to be influenced by others. This is life. So having this smaller uh, kind of negotiation happening has really prepared me to be able to articulate myself and being able to deliver my points and understand how to approach people as well. So especially in Saudi, things are moving really in a fast speed. So what my parents has been through is completely different than me. And even me with my younger cousins, it's completely different experience. Talk to me a bit then about what it meant to you becoming one of the first females to study industrial engineering in Saudi. And then what was your experience at university like? So what it meant to me, honestly, when I first started, I really did not think about it much as like being the first female or whatever. At the beginning, it was just like I wanted engineering and I was very glad that they opened the major for females back then. Then when we started studying, for example, again, because we study in a segregated school, so basically there's the male uh, section and there's the female section of the university. It's separate buildings. One of the challenges at the beginning, for example, there was no teachers, no professors. We had like struggled to find good education. So we had to actually go to the dean and have many discussions with them that this system is not working and we need to start being taught by the calibers that is already available. Maybe it is in the male section. However, they are available. So the second year we started to get taught by males. Uh, It was through screens. Pre-COVID-19, we started to study by screens, but it was a progress. And what happened after that, it's no longer a question of should males teach females or not. It became a question of who is the better teacher to teach. So like the students that came after me got better education than me because there was someone before them who went through more of a struggle. What did it mean to you then to see change through your own actions and the actions of the people around you and and to now see that things have have moved forward because of things that you did? Honestly, it means a lot. The big changes in the world happens from small changes put together. And I truly feel like, not just me, like me, even like I have one of my colleagues in PNG who graduated from the same university, same year, Rajwa. Both of us, like in general, like the small things that I've done, the small things she's done, and the small things that many of my colleagues and peers also who had, who had graduated has done, will lead into a better change. So one of the things, for example, is that now the, the country is moving into hiring more, more, more and more females, and they want to see more representation of females in different uh, places, like uh, different managerial positions and all of that. And uh, many of the companies are uh, actually compromising on the quality just to have a cool statistic of having more females. And I think this is bringing our uh, 
if we're calling it cause or whatever, we, it's bringing it like it, it is having a negative impact instead of a positive impact. So what I am trying to do and what I know a lot of females, like great females are trying to do is to actually get hired at the right place with your right capabilities. So when I graduated, I got many offers from many companies. However, I wouldn't be invested in. In PNG, I am invested in. I'm looked at as a talent, not as a female talent. So I am giving the right opportunities that I deserve with my my own capabilities. I'm being developed. My capabilities are being developed and all of that. So all of these kind of things that I am doing are going to have a proof of concept that females are good because currently there is some kind of stereotypes that maybe males are better than females and all of that. And at the end of the day, we are fighting stereotypes. We don't want to uh, indulge them. We want to break those stereotypes. And I think having more females representation, people who are doing their best and who are uh, given the right opportunity at the right time and all of these kind of things will help. Tell me then about getting the job at P&G and some of the challenges that you have faced there as well. At the beginning, I started in PNG as an intern, and honestly, I fell in love with the place. I was treated as an employee. I was there for three months. So when I got offered by PNG, I was thrilled, and I joined in the same department I got my internship in. At that time, in Saudi, we did not have females in the operational side much. So some of the people I worked with, it was their first time to work with females. And at the beginning, it was... Uh, maybe challenging however i found like really good management support i remember once i overheard the conversation someone was speaking with someone and i was not supposed to hear it however i heard someone asking about a group activity is hella joining i'm not sure if is hella joining maybe i shouldn't go i don't know how i feel it will be mixed and back then i was the only female in the office so i heard that conversation and i did not know how to deal with it so i just went and i apologized like i said i wouldn't go so back then, like my manager said, why you're not coming? You were excited in the, at the morning to come. Why you're not coming? I tried to politely apologize and all of that. But uh, when he pushed a little bit, I, I said, like, I know m- some of the team members might not be comfortable. And I remember back then he told me, Hala, you are part of the team. You are not the female part of the team. It sounds a, as a very يعني, easy thing to say. However, it was very impactful for me because it became the standard for me uh, that I measure anything against. If I felt uh, I am being treated as the female part of the team, no, I will not tolerate that. Now we have, I think, in supply chain, maybe we have 50% representation, total office is 30%. So it grew really big, the representation. And I don't think it's uh, any longer relevant to say, like, is female coming to event or not? Because at the end of the day, most of the team is females. How did it feel, first of all, overhearing the conversation where someone said they weren't sure about being there with you. And then as well, how did it feel getting that support from your manager? I felt a little bit hurt, to be honest, Yanni. But at the same time, I was trying to be understanding of someone else. Yanni, maybe it is their preference, whatever. So it was confusing feeling for me. I wasn't sure if uh, me being angry or sad or whatever is not uh, being tolerant or if I am... But it was confusing, to be honest. However, when I had the conversation with my manager, it was very assuring. It was very empowering as well. The assuring part, it made me realize that this is not normal. I shouldn't say, no, I have to be tolerant. If someone is not comfortable, it's their choice. But like they are the one who skips, not me. The second thing, it was very empowering to really feel like the management does not look at it as like, 
you are different or whatever. No, you are a talent, you are invited, you come. So this kind of things of individualism, they look at you as an individual, not just a male or a female, is kind of empowering. Reflecting on how P&G has changed when you were on your own, the only female in the team, and now obviously there are a much higher proportion of women working, how does it feel reflecting on that change that you've been fortunate enough to be right at the forefront of? Witnessing all of these changes, it, it makes me very proud to, to work in such an environment. To be honest, PNG in Saudi, for example, they have worked even with the government to establish certain laws regarding females, their maternities and all of these kind of things. So the, the impact that they are doing is in the company as well as impacting some kind of regulation happening in the, in the government because we have a lot of people who work closely with the regulation, with the government and all of that. So I remember when I first graduated, not many plants wanted females. Now uh, we have hired a lot of females in the plant and they are growing as a percentage. But it became a proof of concept again where other plants are looking into, oh, females can do the plant kind of job. It makes me proud, honestly. Have you been impressed with how men in PNG have been able to embrace and work with the changes that you've mentioned as well? Honestly, 100%. I give credit for anyone who is like uh, changing and embracing and growing as a person. At the end of the day, we're all growing as a person and the more experienced we are in life, we learn new things. So in general, uh, in PNG, it is a very well-established environment. And we have our, what we call PVPs, which is the principle and values that we have in PNG. So, so there is no violation that can happen. However, the small things, the small remarks, the small jokes, maybe things that you might not be comfortable with. This is where I truly see the change happening. At the end of the day, the diversity journey needs both males and females to be part of it. What I like in PNG is that people are adapting and we have also in the leadership they are really, 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 really strict, not tolerating any kind of uh, things. You mentioned stereotyping women. What, what is your view of, of labels in that way? So I'll tell you something. At the end of the day, if you don't have enough representation, you will look into the only one or two or three females you have and you would say all females should act that way. However, once you have more representation, you will see like, for example, this is Hela's style, this is Rajwa's style, this is Maram's style. It will become individualism kind of thing. So you will realize that you cannot just come and uh, brush everything with one brush and say females act this way. Other thing, for example, there are certain things that is not as common in guys as in females. But for example, someone would come when they see someone angry and they would say like, for example, you're emotional. That's a very common word that you hear in the world and in workplace as well. However, what I loved when uh, we brought it up that the word emotional is not the right word to use because many people will accompany this word emotional as someone being hysterical or someone being overly hormonal or whatever. Like it sounds bad. So call it what it is, call someone angry. So these kind of things, although it is very small, it makes a huge impact. For example, if someone got angry and teared up, for example, or whatever, those kind of things are tolerated in the workplace. and. It's no longer becoming, oh my God, yeah, she's crying because she's a female or oh my God, she's emotional because she's a female or whatever. You don't hear those kind of things. Oh my God, she's not giving 100% because she has a family and she's taking care of her. You don't hear this kind of stuff because first thing, you have more representation. So you're seeing different examples. The second thing is you're having management who does not tolerate. If you bring out something, the word emotional, for example, if we bring it out, it will not be used again. 
how important then is having mentors? How important was that on your journey and then becoming a mentor oneself? Honestly, it was very important. I had both males and females mentors, honestly. Like one of my mentors, Bakr, he worked in PNG and he was one of my go-to mentors. When you hear from someone who has been through life in general, have more experience than you, you can really appreciate the wisdom that they have, the perspective that they have. I can truly say, I can truly say without a doubt that my mentors helped me really. One of the things that yani, I'm very proud of is having to represent, for example, Saudi in the Youth Assembly in UN. I wouldn't have this courage to go and do public speaking and talking in front of people from multinationals who might challenge me as a person, might challenge my country's regulation, might challenge all of that. I wouldn't have the courage to do that if I wasn't mentored. People did not invest on me. So people really invested on me, and this is why I feel like I need to invest on other people. It's a chain. So you do something good for other person, and that person would do something good for others, and it's a chain in life. This is how people grow. I think the first thing I really, really, really appreciate PNG for is not compromising on quality. They are hiring uh, people based on principle. They are intentionally trying to increase the female pool when they look at talents. However, they will not hire a female who is not qualified in a position that, uh, uh, in that position. So the first thing is that having the diversity right. So this is the first thing. From, enter from entering the company, this is the first thing that PNG is doing very well, is uh, not compromising on the quality and not, uh, giving, not lowering the bar. At the end of the day, we're not asking for lowering the bar. So this is the first thing. The second thing maybe is having the system. Honestly, uh, having the system and deploying the systems for employees. Yani, for example, uh, people knows the VP know the, VP uh, the PVPs. So the values, the principles of PNG, everyone in PNG who works in PNG knows them, knows them by heart. And I think having this education, this awareness really helps as well as implementing the systems that is on paper. I think, uh, yani, I've never seen an example or heard of an example in PNG where the principles were not uh, implemented. So implementing that. And the third thing is really with all of that principles, with all of that things, tackling the small things because the small things really adds up to each other. So if it is a joke, if it is just uh, a remark that is said in a corridor or whatever, not tolerating the small things will lead into a better uh, ecosystem in the company in general. Just finally then, if you had to give PNG feedback, what would you say? How would you sum up your time at PNG, how it's changed and what other companies could learn? That's a very nice question. So I would say thank you at the beginning. <laughs> really thank you for uh, believing in something and implementing it. Thank you for uh, impacting the lives of people. Thank you for representing females in your products as well, in your campaigns, in your brands. Thank you for having a voice of good. Honestly, there is a lot of campaigns uh, that PNG has done which really was impactful for me for me personally one of them was girls can the always campaign that was making fun of doing something like a girl that was a very empowering thing that i personally got impacted by and as someone who works in png i would say thank you for having the right representation and i want to see even more females in uh, higher leadership positions and so continue doing what you are doing and we want even to see more <laughs>
We hope you've been inspired by this episode of Powered by Purpose. If you'd like to learn more about P&G, what we do and what we make, we invite you to visit us at pg.com and search Powered by Purpose. And please do get in touch via our social media channels. Just search for P&G.